0: Welcome to the GovCom's podcast, bringing you the latest
1: insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to GovComs, the podcast that examines the practice of content communication in government and the public sector. My name's David Pembroke, and thank you very much for joining me. Today I'm joined by a friend, someone who I worked with in journalism many, many years ago in the New South Wales city of Wollongong. He was an experienced former BBC Wales journalist who came to report in the television... Section of the Wynn Newsroom, where I worked in Radio 200 as one of the uh, news reporters. And we became friends because we both had an interest in media, an absolute fascination in media, and he is someone who knows an enormous amount about the media. He has worked in the public sector, which I think is of great interest to you, but he has now gone back to working... In broadcasting, and he works for the national broadcaster here in Canberra, at the ABC. He joins me now. His name is Andrew Bell, and welcome to GovComs.
0: Thanks, David.
1: Um, lots of years ago, we had
0: we we really enjoyed talking media, didn't we? Because it was a fascination for both of us. We were both fascinated. We both knew that it was. An ever-evolving space. And it always surprises me that many working in the media are surprised by change. It has always changed. In my career, which started in professionally in 1980, I've gone from quarter-inch tape to cassette uh, to digital in radio. I've gone from my first television work was on film. And then we went through the video formats and now on digital, and often the way of thinking about digital is the same way we thought about film. So things change and people sometimes seem surprised by change and when they are surprised and disappointed and challenged, they then forget the essence of what we do, tell a story. Now, just in
1: terms of that change, how how do you get comfortable with it? How do you get comfortable with the fact that what you're doing today perhaps may not be appropriate in a week, a month, a year's time?
0: I think getting comfortable for the practitioner, that is those working in the media, is to be properly trained and training doesn't mean sat in a, an airless room for four hours and signing a sheet of attendance. It needs a planned nature that uh, of application and also of learning how to manipulate technology. Technology, even the technology we're speaking on now... It is a bit rigid, there are parameters, but you can play with it and in that you create and by creating you make storytelling different and interesting.
1: But how do people make time for training? I'm sure a lot of people listening now would be saying, well, that's all great in theory, but how do I get access to training? How do I get better and how do I get training that is not in an airless room, that is more structured and organised and tailored towards my particular needs.
0: Individual training is very important. It's it's long-term – no, it's not long-term, it's medium-term. It's not spreadsheet-driven, which is my grumpy old man way of saying you've got to invest. One of the big things I've done since coming to Canberra, I've started to grow vegetables, right? I know that planting a seedling or a seed – And then coming out and looking at it every morning, it's not going to suddenly pop. But it does with nurturing and not forgetting and checking in and standing back and looking at the landscape, pun intended, that eventually you're going to get good tomatoes or green beans and stuff like that. Slow burn is how you get quality at the other end because we are living in a marketplace which is saturated with stuff like this. Why do I listen to stuff like this? It's because it's well-produced and not full of in-jokes about where we just went to get coffee, snicker, snicker, snicker. (laughs) Is that pointed enough? Yeah, indeed.
1: <laughs> but, uh, but how do we get people or how do we get the leadership to understand that that investment is so important and that those individual plans to develop people and to give them opportunities is what needs to happen in order for us to be able to produce better journalists and better government communications professionals?
0: I think you need to do what we did way back when. Talk about it as well as practice it. And we talk about practitioners. I'm a words person. Practice practitioners. Practitioners, we think practitioners are people who do. Practice means you're getting better at doing it. Mm. Very subtle. How do you do it? Uh, You check in, you listen back. And the greatest critic is self with a little bit of help in a kindly but direct way way and to be honest if you want to be brutal about it it's no good baying into the wind and analytics to use a modern word is helpful in telling you what grabs people and what doesn't and the smart folk say in podcast land are your 538s who've, who've seen that how they do it and how others do it they get an advantage from it and then you go for the advantage. Mm.
1: So, listen, l- let's more broadly then discuss the changing realm and, and of, of government communications, having been on both the, the government side and the journalism side. What are your observations of government communication and the quality of government communication oh. at the moment, given that... <laughs> the factors of media production and distribution have been democratised and they now have a greater capacity to go direct than at any other time in the past.
0: I think there's too much of a throw it all against the wall and see what sticks. Uh, Sometimes media information packs go out to newsrooms with too much, also with too much content, which just simply won't be used. I mean, The cut-and-paste thought or the USB stick, oh, they'll use all these animations. Now, that might sell well to a client. We're going to produce this flyover. We're going to do these animations. We're going to do these pre-prepared grabs. That might fly for an organisation like a weekly paper in a small country town or a small country radio station. But with the ABC or the SBS or um, Fairfax Nine Fairfax... Perhaps you should be saying, right, here's this media event. We can give you an hour with three of the major people here and you can do what you – well, let's talk about what we do with it. So instead of a chaotic media launch, you actually identify the horses for the courses Mm. and I don't think we do that enough. It's a one-size-fits-all and to be honest, sometimes those arriving to cover an event and those preparing uh, giving the information the communications people at the event are interchangeable now this is a generational change we now have a cohort of trained communications folk this is great but at the end of the day i'll go back to what i said about baying into the wind it's no good producing 150 glossy packs and usbs and pre-prepared grabs if nobody reads them sees them Here's them. (laughs) So would you
1: put that down to people guessing what the media wants rather than ringing up and saying, hey, what would work best for you?
0: I reckon that's pretty true. I mean, I only spent a year in the public service. I was surprised at what people thought the media wanted, how terrified they were of what the media might do. So let's hide stuff or... Uh, and actually, the bare bones of it is this. What do we want from this? And as someone who wants to spend an entire week coming up with KPIs for positive, negative, neutral coverage, um, I tend to support Oscar Wilde, you know, I th- didn't he, was he the one who said, all oh, publicity is good publicity? Or something – somebody said it. Whoever said it, <laughs> they were correct. Uh, and then it's about – it's also about risk management. There's a lot of risk management and reputational management and that was one of the things that really struck me when I went into the public service. Uh, but reputational risk and risk management is not hiding behind the sofa. Sometimes you actually have to h- grab hold of the bad thing and run towards the enemy and go yeah yeah let's let's get into this
1: but that's culturally a challenge often
0: isn't robust it? do you hear that word a lot in 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 this space <laughs> let's have a robust conversation give me strength <laughs> um uh, but it is very hard it's highly risky and people perhaps need to be given permission not permission to fail but for permission to to to, tr- to punt it, to give it a punt, to see where it lands, but to discuss and to be fleet of foot enough that if it doesn't land well, we regroup quickly. And I had a couple of experiences in the public service, which I can't go into because if I do, I might end up in jail uh, because of fidelity agreements, where we did that. Guess what? The issue was dealt with really well and nobody felt dudded the media people we were dealing with didn't feel they were being played and we didn't feel that we were under assault and you hadn't placed at risk the organization then not at all but we had we had a lot of what ifs and we had 10 crazy things up in the air and we ended up with three really good ones that varied between sensible a bit risky Is this worth giving it a go?
1: Yeah. How then do you get permission then? How do you build that confidence in your leadership to allow you to take those risks?
0: Within government and and community? I think you have to have a mix of people. Just because someone, with all due respect, has done comms internally or elsewhere in a government department does not make them an expert similarly bringing someone in from outside does not make them a good public servant what you have there is a wonderful chemistry set and if you throw it together properly it can get great results i think one of the things that struck me within my experience brief experience in government was people didn't like that it was so you couldn't Map it. You didn't know exactly what next steps. I hate that phrase. Next steps. The thing is, with with a government announcement, it might be lead story locally on a Monday, it could be p- bottom of page five on a Tuesday, and it could be talk back uproar on a Wednesday, etc., etc. And there seemed to be a lack of um, understanding that that's just the way it is and if you if you're true to your belief that you have to communicate well don't argue don't don't battle the system just try and use that system as smartly as shrewdly as you can and accept you can't have a bradmanesque batting average mm. up in the 80s, he's pretty good. Mm, Indeed. So, listen, you now work in the newsroom um,
1: at the ABC and obviously you receive lots of pitches from different people about um, their particular story. What's your advice to people in this day and age to be able to engage with the media in such a way that they can have their material considered, ...and ultimately run. What's the best way to make it happen today?
0: I reckon considered is a key word here. So many things come via email or on the phone... ...and you are discounting them as you are reading the first paragraph... ...as you are talking to the person. Um, Newsrooms don't like the feeling that they're, they're being sold something... Um, but
1: so tell, don't sell.
0: Tell, don't sell. Think about the time of day of event. Think about time of the week. Be cognizant of the logistics and the economics of the industry, where staffing is lower levels on Saturday and Sunday. Now, don't worry about don't worry about having to do an event. You can do an embargoed event on a Thursday for release on a Saturday. Now, in some markets, smaller states and territories that might give you something a little bit different. Think about how you get in, how you get on air. We now have a more flat structure with the Nine Fairfax thing. You've got radio, newspapers, TV, online in the same mode as ABC and SBS. Mm. Uh, And sometimes you can... Don't see not getting on television as a failure. If you can get online or get a social video made or actually give out content that could be configured online or in a social video way you could get 200,000 eyes do you want some eyes or many eyes mm. or no eyes i reckon it's the first one first second one second and the third one you're banging into the wind again that's my that's i guess what i'm my very first radio station was this odd hybrid of commercial and community and we literally made programs called the Marxist-Leninist Hour in prime time on radio. And about 17 people felt very smug about it. But not a single non-Marxist-Leninist heard that program. And better to be heard than not heard. And, and don't overreach as well. Don't overreach. Don't make the telly all or nothing. Mm.
1: Just in terms of that time of the day and, and time of the week, what, explain that to me a little bit more. What's, what's the best time of the day to, to pitch in a call?
0: If, you're under embar- if you've are under if you got an embargo story, say, for the following day, uh, mid-afternoon, and make the embargo time, if it's something that you think is big, midnight embargo. If it's middling, 10 o'clock. Because radio dips mid-morning and mid-afternoon. And that's where, frankly, if, it's, if there's content out there and it's local, that's where you'll hit the mark. Right. Uh, this, this sounds like I'm giving away state secrets. It shouldn't be – it isn't a state secret, frankly. Uh, as for TV, it's luck of the draw, I reckon. But in terms of uh, non, non, sort of non-linear TV, which is effectively the news channels – um, there's one place to go and that's breakfast. Mm. And one way of getting on those kind of shows is weighing up the pros and cons and offering we're only going to give it to you. Yeah. And because you, you to- never know because if it gets cu- covered at the beginning of the day, you just stand back and see what happens. Mm. Do you have to have great pictures or do you have to have a great story? I think you have to have a great story before anything else because if, if – in television, people feel that they're being, as I said, sold something, being manipulated and manoeuvred. They will, uh, they will, they will get their back up, and they will get holier than thou. How you know? I'm a journalist. I'm a reporter. How very dare you? I decide. Yeah. Well, actually, most of the time we don't. Um, but what we do do is go. You know what? That's interesting. What if you get a question back from? A chief of staff or a reporter or a producer, what about, listen out for the what about or what if, and be fleet of foot enough to be able to to say, um, yeah, um, give us an hour and I'll get back to you. Yeah. Because that means they think they've had the idea.
1: Mm. Okay, fair enough. What about the future? What's the change? What's coming next? What do we have to be ready for if we're a government communicator in order to be better in our engagement and more effective in our engagement with the media?
0: Um, I think you have to be faster. You have to be more direct. You have to be, frankly, at times less petulant. You've got to accept that one in two phone calls is probably going to make your day not better. Um, and you have to have people answering those phones who know how to deal with the media. I was surprised how people... um, ..when I was within the public service, how a number of people didn't seem to even consume the media they were serving. It was was as if someone making a cricket bat had never seen a game of cricket. Uh, And also to know how vaguely how newsrooms operate and all the rest of it for government you're, you're dealing with an unwieldy emotional cantankerous beast um be aware of that and that's why you need people with the smarts but there are people within the organizations who can grow with that but what you can't do is make a media unit, frankly, some kind of call centre. <laughs> Not a good idea. Indeed. All right, Andrew Bell, thank you so much for
1: coming in uh, to the GovComes podcast studio here in Canberra, Australia. Thanks for the wisdom. Thanks for the insights. And uh, I look forward to you coming on another time soon.
0: We'll always have Wollongong, David. <laughs>
1: We will always have Wollongong. It was a great fun, great time, and we learnt a lot and had many great conversations about the media and storytelling. So to you, the audience, thank you for coming back once again. Absolutely delighted that you did. And I'm sure that, as I say, with this podcast, it is about taking things away and putting those into your daily work practice so that you are just a little bit better at your job today than you were yesterday so thanks very much for coming back lots of wisdom in that one with Andrew Bell we'll be back at the same time next week but for the moment it's bye for now you've been listening to the GovComs podcast if you enjoyed this episode be sure to rate and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes